Welcome to the Panema Wellness Podcast. I'm Yona Chatsunov, registered nurse, women's health educator, and Bodeka Tara. And I am passionate about educating and empowering from women in their search for health and well-being. In this podcast, we explore health topics in a sensitive and practical way, answer questions, and discover new ideas and perspectives from other from women like ourselves. I'm so glad you've joined me on this journey to learn new information in a safe and curious space. Hey again, ladies. As you can probably tell by who I've been interviewing so far, I have the tremendous good fortune of being surrounded by a lot of knowledgeable, skilled, and insightful women. One of these women is Sarah Rachel Grunbaum, a doula so awesome that her clients fly her back to the United States when they can to attend their births. I kid you not. Being that she's passionate about her calling, it was obviously not difficult to convince her to do this interview. And I really enjoyed the chance to hear what she has to say about one of my favorite topics. Not just birth, though I love talking about that too, but really about how women can be empowered and take ownership as they journey through this powerful time in their lives. She has a lot to say, and I thought it was a great conversation. And why in particular did I so much want to highlight doulas? Well, there are many studies out there showing that having a doula or similar labor support leads to lower rates of pain medication, C-section, birth complication, postpartum depression, the list is long. And women experience more success with breastfeeding and report greater satisfaction with their births. It's pretty compelling, no? Okay, let's get started. Okay, Sarah Hall, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited. So excited. Yeah. So I think most people have heard of doulas in 2022, but not everyone's really clear on what a doula does. So can you kind of describe the role of a doula in labor? Okay. So a doula can play many roles for women in general. It can be something that, you know, looks different for everyone because you could have a C-section and you could have a doula. You could have an epidural and you could have a doula. (laughs) You could also have a natural birth and have a doula. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, it's about having support and an advocate there and somebody that you trust, you know, other than the birth team, you know, in terms of the medical side. Um, It's somebody that has information that you may need, you know, before the birth. You don't want to necessarily call your doctor. Your doctor is not available. Um, Somebody to give you, you know, we do a lot of prenatal meetings. Everybody depends on their needs. First timers can have three meetings even, Mm -hmm. you know, you want to talk with the husband, you want him to understand his role, you want him to be involved, you want the mom to um, have a clear sort of idea of what kind of birth she wants. Obviously, it doesn't always go that way, but you want her to feel empowered going into this process, not scared, not anxious, even though she will have some anxiety because everyone does. It's birth. Yeah. Right. And, um, you know, you want them to be calm about their choices and what, you know, what they're going to go through. Now, somebody that's having a plan C-section, for example, you know, their husband just might not feel comfortable being in the OR with them and they just feel that they need that support there for them, especially in our world where, you know, from, you know, mm-hmm. we don't have our husbands touching us during that process mm-hmm. and a doula can be there to hold your hand, you know, stroke your face. And just give you that feeling of grounding during a procedure that could be very uncomfortable and for some traumatic. Mm-hmm. So overall, you know, in, in every birth, we play a different role. We don't always play the same role for even natural births. Everyone has different 
needs, you know. Mm -hmm. Some people that are having a natural birth don't want you to touch them even. They just want to know that you're there. They want to hear your voice, affirmations, positive affirmations, you know. They just want to be aware of what's going on. They just want you to advocate for them even, right? Like I've had women that they're super, super calm. They're doing hypno babies, hypno birthing, and I don't even have to touch them. I just have to be there to just talk to the nurse for them, sort of whatever their needs are aside from, they want to be in their birth bubble. Mm-hmm. That's it. So they don't, you know, you're there as the advocate, as the person to empower, as the person to support. Correct. Yeah. How did you find this calling? Why did you decide to become a doula? Question. The the calling found me. I mean, it kind of found me. So when I was 18, actually when I was 17, my high school closed down and I was in 11th grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was in 11th grade. Um, I was one of the older ones. And I kind of thought, what should I do? Like I planned to do pre-med because I really wanted to be an OBGYN. But at that point, I said... I was going to do early admissions to college, and I started doing that, and I did pre-med. And then halfway through, I said, this is just not for me. It doesn't feel right. So I switched over to the nursing mm-hmm. thing, and I did that, and I basically finished. And um, also, I oh, so I had my own baby at that point, and mm-hmm. I had a very unnecessary C-section. Mm-hmm. C-sections can be great when they're necessary, but when they're not, they're extremely mm-hmm. traumatic. And so yeah. for me, that was a really big wake-up call, and I felt like had I had the proper support and guidance, and I thought I did, but... Did you have a doula? I didn't have a doula. I was supposed to give birth in a birthing center, and they had the midwives over there, but they ended up transferring me out. Okay. So at that point, I was really upset, and instead of channeling my anger and my disappointment to, you know, inner to myself, I said, I'm going to take this as, you know sort of a calling to just help other women because mm-hmm. all of my friends kept having unnecessary C-sections for very, very just unnecessary reasons. It's like once you your attention gets drawn to it, you start to see Exactly. That Everything just stands out to you like, oh my gosh, that was also, and that was also. And so I started just going with my friends as like, just for fun, mm-hmm. you know. So I went, and one after the next, I kept seeing what was happening in the medical system, and I said, wow, like, th- this is really needed. So I took a course. Mm-hmm. And the course was a minor step in the process because, you know, there's different types of doulas and I'm a pretty hands-on doula in terms of like prenatal. I like to do exercises and I like to help them with their overall health. Yeah, it was gonna question I was going to ask you because yeah, I, you I, see a lot I of different... I get everything in, involved so that we avoid other health mm-hmm. issues in the process that women are not aware about, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, you know, we can lower blood pressure just by diet changes if we do this early enough and people mm-hmm. understand the role that their diet plays in pregnancy. Mm-hmm. So anyways, without getting too derailed from the question, um, that's where my journey, journey started, and that was about 13 and a half years ago. How many births have you done? So I stopped counting by 2000. Okay. Because it just seemed too scary at mm-hmm. that point. Like, I have worked with a private home birth midwife and gone to many, many, many births with her. She could have had sometimes like six in a week. Wow. And so I would start off the birth with her, meaning going by myself. As you the know, birth assistant? Yes. And okay. I'd, you know, take fetal heart tones and make sure everything was okay till the midwife needed to come because she needed to conserve her energy. And just sometimes we had two moms at once and it was easier if I yeah. was able to hold the fort down by the mm-hmm. early laboring mama. Anyways, that's where my journey started. Wow. Yeah. Um, and you recently made Aliyah, but 
how many births were you attending right before you came? Right before I came, I was attending up to like, I would say eight to nine a month. Wow. Which was pretty intense. It's a lot. How long do you spend with each woman? It could vary, it obviously. It varies from literally zero to 10 because I could be with someone for two hours mm-hmm. and I could be with someone for over 24 hours. Wow. And I have no, there's no like, oh, that was like an amazing birth because it was just two hours. It could be an amazing birth with 24 hours too, mm-hmm. but it's all about what the mom needs, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. What would you say the best part of being a doula is? You clearly love it. Oh, I do. I do love it. Okay. So the best part is I clearly get to see Hashem's presence in every single birth, even more so in his ability or rather the ability that he gives me to make it to the births. Mm -hmm. And I have seven children, can I know And it's complicated to say the least, just making things work out. out. Yeah. (laughs) But I see in every single birth how he makes it possible. So this is the most fascinating thing. That's great. Yeah. And in the doulaing itself, is there, you said you do, you, you're very hands-on. You do a lot of prenatal, you do education about diet, you exercise. Which part of it do you enjoy the most? Like, I enjoy aspect? educating these moms. I enjoy seeing them having those moments of like, wow, my body is really amazing. And I can really participate in my overall like health in terms of getting to this like goal, if you want to call it, mm-hmm. because so many times they're like, Oh no, the doctor said I need ABCD. And I said, you know, I'll tell them, you know, but if this is what you change or add to your diet or to just, you know, my baby's breach, Oh, I could do exercises. Wow. Yeah. And that's like for some of them, just such an aha moment that they had no idea. And for me, I find that extremely like an empowering thing because this is something that they get to take along with them for their entire journey and pass it on to their daughters or, right. you know, family. It's taking people from that passive role that their pregnancy is happening to them and their right. is happening right. to them to people. For me, Playing I have an active a, role. Yeah, right. like to take ownership. Like 100%. It's your body. It's your pregnancy. It's a beautiful thing to see unfold. And I find that to be the most just enjoyable part, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, and then you can see it carry over into people's motherhood and their care right. for themselves afterwards. And they also. make changes often, and it's really a very, it's a nice part. Yeah. What would you say the hardest part is? The hardest part is my my own personality is a very controlling personality, mm-hmm. and I have to let that go because it can happen at any time. Mm-hmm. I also, like I said, I have seven kids. You make appointments for them, doctors, dentists, mm-hmm. anything, therapy. And trying to just say, I have to leave go in order to just allow things to just organically happen Mm -hmm. so that I'm not like this anxious bowl of nerves trying to control when it's going to happen, how I'm going to make things work out perfectly. No, I just have to leave go and just kind of let Hashem drive this ship, you know? That's a great trait then probably to bleed into the people who are anxiously waiting to give birth and hoping that their birth will go well. Yeah. Good example. (laughs) I tried to help them realize that. In advance. Yeah. You can all be relaxed together. Correct. Um, when I was doing my midwifery program, in the end, I ended up with women's health nurse practitioner. But I started with midwifery. And whenever I would tell people that's what I was doing, they'd say, oh, so you're going to be a doula. And I was not going to be a doula. They're like a very different role. Right. Which if you could explain sure. the difference, that would be good. But also, it takes different strengths. Like you're saying, that ability to say, I can't control this because you're working with women who are making their own choices early in pregnancy. They're choosing who their doctor is going to be. They're choosing who they're going to listen to and take advice from, whether they're open to exercise and diet and changes because Mm -hmm. 
ideas can evolve throughout pregnancy. So I guess that's a multi, multi-part question. One. Right. Okay. So first the yeah. role between the midwife and the doula. That's right. So the midwife is your medical practitioner, your medical provider. That is the person that will make all those medical choices together with you and, you know, decide how to, you know, whatever is happening during the pregnancy. If there's, you know, high blood pressure, diabetes, whatever is going on, mm-hmm. they will take the medical part. The doula is playing more of the support, the advocate, the education part of, you know, birth because mm-hmm. you're educating the mom. I do also a lot of like childbirth education with them. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them don't have time to take these longer courses or just yeah. rather more personal with their husbands involved. And so I'm giving them a lot of education and just support in whatever it is, whether they're, let's say, not so happy with their plans mm-hmm. or what has to happen. And then again, being their advocate and trying to help them navigate whatever is happening if they need some sort of practitioner, if they want to go for acupuncture and they need different resources, I try to help them with that. And so I'm there for that part of the birth. So how do you balance when you have this whole wealth of information and you see that someone's not really open to it? How do you not okay, be judgmental so, also? Yeah, I know. It's, it's, a, it's a very difficult thing because a lot of times you say, well, if they would have just done A, B, C, or D, but it's not my birth, it's mm-hmm. not my body. And I have made a very... It's taken me time you know, in the beginning to Mm -hmm. say, I have to emotionally sort of detach that part and say, I can provide them the resources. And then it's ultimately up to them to decide what to do with it. Mm -hmm. The same way you can walk a horse to the water, but you can't make them drink. And so that's kind of how I play it. Um, sometimes I do put a little bit more emotional effort into it and tell them, look, really, this is going to help you. I can't tell you what to do. I always tell them that it's their choice. Mm -hmm. But Which, I mean, that's the ownership you want people to have. A hundred percent, right? Wouldn't help if you took it. A hundred percent. So I always say to them, "Here's your options. These are your choices." I try to give them the research. I try to give them the whatever it is that would help them make a choice. Mm-hmm. You know, and at the end of the day, it's up to them. Yeah. Do you have any advice that you tend to give to everyone as as an expert doula and a really well-rounded doula? What would you tell women either when they're looking for a doula or in general about pregnancy, postpartum? Do you have any great wisdom or tips? Hmm, plenty. Mm-hmm. It's hard to just like, <laughs> you know, nail one and be like, well, first of all, I say you have to do your, your research. Mm-hmm. You have to do your research. I find that so many women just say like, it's okay. My doctor knows, my doctor knows. And then suddenly they're just surprised by whatever it is, you know, mm-hmm. they feel like they have to hire a doula because they just want somebody to be there with them. But they also think that everything is going to be fine because they have their doctor and their doula. Yeah. And then they're shocked when, you know, things don't just go the way they anticipate or just they expect. Mm-hmm. So I feel like educating yourself and knowing your options and knowing the process is your biggest tool in the shed. Mm-hmm. Like just the empowering and knowing and not being surprised. And another thing is something that I find so many moms not ready for or not even something that they think about the fourth trimester after they've given birth. Yes. After they've given birth, they are completely just unaware of the process that their body is going to go through Mm -hmm. and just everything about the fourth trimester. And Unfortunately, I just don't have the time to do that. Like, that's just something that I cannot, you know, 
not, I don't want to say involve myself because right. if they have a question, I'm going to obviously help them and try to give them the best support that I could. But I feel like becoming aware of the changes our body's going to go through and what things could happen. And, you know, even the smallest things as like, you're going to leak milk potentially mm-hmm. and it's normal. Yeah. And not just when they waking up with, you know, your breast leaking milk and being like, Oh my God, what's happening? This mm-hmm. is crazy. Or when your milk comes in and your underarms are engorged like rocks and completely being overwhelmed mm-hmm. and just melting down because this is the most horrific thing happening right now. Aside from everything else, that's overwhelming. There are women who specialize as postpartum doulas. Are, have you heard of any in the from community? Correct. Yes, I have actually okay. in Israel. Not so much in mm-hmm. America. I have plenty um, it's actually a pretty, pretty common, popular thing. Is it getting more popular? It is getting more popular. I think with women having more children and just needing more support overall and Baruch Hashem having the resources okay. or just maybe their parents helping them or whatever mm-hmm. it is. But having that postpartum doula is a game changer in their recovery, in their postpartum journey, in their functioning in, in, in the long run because having a hard postpartum can affect literally their whole journey in the, in the, in the future and just, you know, their health. And so I feel like just becoming aware of things that can happen and, you know, postpartum depression and all these things, there's ways that we could avoid them. There's so much that we could do to avoid it. And there are things that we could do to help ourselves and to just overall have the proper support. And so in general, the fourth trimester is such a big deal Mm -hmm. in, in, in helping moms, just have a better experience. So being aware that that fourth trimester exists. Yes. That there are challenges, that there are solutions. Right, correct. There's books, to. there's so much information out there. And I don't know what the proper way to do this in terms of educating women. Right. But I try to let them know that you have to get familiar with what's going to happen with your body and the process that's going to happen. And just in general, this concept, you know. I think women do talk to one another, but... Either, I guess it depends where you live and right, what exactly. people like and to talk how about. open people are and just... And you'll only hear, or you'll only hear about people's horror stories, but not the normal things. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I know after my second, um, I had a, she was a hard baby, and my father-in-law had heard from someone in his community about night nurses. I still hadn't heard... I'd never heard of a night nurse, particularly, not living in the same state, and he... Well, then you're not from Brooklyn or New York. I'm not from I'm not from New York. I wasn't living in New York. He is in New York, and he said I'd like to cover a night nurse for a few nights, and that was amazing. Yeah, like that was a life changing changer, totally. Mm -hmm. And like you said, then having having support they know is the number one thing to Mm -hmm. prevent postpartum depression. Sometimes it's completely chemical. There's it's not not that everyone, but it's a thing. It's it's, something. It's a real thing. Something that is really meaningful. And so even here. I mean, I know in in Israel it's a concept, but in America, in New York specifically, they have, you know, kimpaturin, convalescent, yeah, yeah, and so the moms get to go away for a week or whatever it is, get nourishing, healthy meals, mm-hmm. get the support they need. There's a lactation consultant. There's the nurses that watch your baby at night. You can pump and have that fed to your baby, or they'll bring you your baby. Whatever it is, the point is that you can get that support and that yeah. proper recovery. And not feel like a mess. Mm-hmm. So if someone's looking to find a doula for birth, back mm-hmm. to birth, someone's looking to yes. find a birth doula, what would you recommend that they look for or questions that they ask? 
Okay, so when you're choosing a doula, you know, there's different types. And so you want to sort of look at your birth plan. You know, you, I guess, can make some phone calls, find out who's around, and interview them. Look at your birth plan, sit down with them and talk to them about what they do to support moms that want that potential birth, what experiences they have, um, see how it aligns with your birth plan. Um, also, I find that choosing a doula is sort of like a shirach, and it's something that very often you just feel a connection and you feel calm in this person's presence. Mm-hmm. You feel that her support is something that feels good for you. And so I find in my experience that that is something that is the biggest deal because, you know, if you don't feel like you could connect with her, you don't feel like she aligns with your birth plan or she doesn't just like, you know, your energies just don't align it, it won't work. You know, you'll just have friction and it won't feel good for you. And you talked at the beginning about getting a, a doula, even if you're planning to have a C-section, like mm-hmm. what specifically it's good for there. Can you explain why a woman would want to get a doula if she's planning from the get-go to get an epidural? An epidural or a C-section? An epidural. An epidural. Okay. So first of all, I have many moms that have had epidurals. When you have an epidural birth, very often they don't want to give you an epidural till you're in very good active labor because there is the chance that the epidural could slow your labor down. Um, and so obviously every single situation depends, you know, some people, if they're having an induction, they would want the epidural earlier, but since they're having the induction, you know, you can just up the Pitocin or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so that's not really something that they're so concerned about, but if somebody's in regular just natural labor, and then they want an epidural, sometimes it can actually slow the labor down. And so oftentimes moms say, well, I want to wait till I'm open five, six centimeters when that's considered the norm for active labor, and then I want to get the epidural. Mm -hmm. And so when that happens, I'm able to give them the support that they need up until then. And then a lot of times, even when they have an epidural, epidurals don't always go as planned. And sometimes you can be numb on one side and not the other side. Um, another thing is that sometimes it doesn't work as efficient as you expect it to. And so you might have some pain and just need that support. And in general, then you get to the actual birthing part where you have to push and moms often need, you know, support somebody there just to help hold their leg up, somebody there to just, you know, give them drinks in between pushing, wash their face with a washcloth. You know, there's all sorts of support we can give. We have the peanut ball that we put in, you know, in between their legs to sort of help their pelvis open. Even though they're numb, we can help them switch positions. Oftentimes the nurses are super overwhelmed and you're just there to be with them, you know? Yeah, that was what I'd been thinking. The hospitals that I worked in in Dallas Mm -hmm. were very short-staffed. Right. And they had very high C-section rates. So Mm -hmm. you didn't go in with the sense that everyone was on your team. And if you brought a doula to help you with repositioning, to ask them to give you more time, whatever it right. was, even with your epidural, having that advocate and someone who was there to help you hands-on made a really big difference. Yes, definitely. And even just to be there as, you know, to tell the mom what's happening, you know, a woman in labor feels very, very vulnerable, very just like not always so involved, Mm -hmm. you know, when you're laying on that bed over there and they're coming in and just doing things all around you, something happening to you. Yes, exactly. And so just to help make that process feel more personal and more real, if you want to say, just having that doula there to help that happen is is also very helpful. Um, To go back to something you had said before about 
for earlier in pregnancy, when you're setting yourself up for success and you're becoming educated and you're picking your provider. So a lot of times I'll hear women kind of going head to head with their doctor throughout their pregnancy. And mm-hmm. they say, but I'm going to bring a doula with me to the birth. And yeah. kind of like you, the woman and the doula are on the same team and you're against yeah. the hospital. And I always cringe. I always cringe. And I want to say like, you know, set your team up, your whole team, your doula, right. your doctor should be comfortable. Your doctor, your midwife, whoever it is should be comfortable working with a doula. And you should feel like you and your medical provider are on the same team also. So what do you have to say about that? So I have to say, unfortunately, that's a very common trend, unfortunately. And coming from working in Brooklyn specifically for so many years, um, it's very hard to find providers that you just align with and feel comfortable for many different reasons. For, you know, just the fact that the hospitals have very, very, um, their protocols are very strict. And so the doctors have to conform to that. And often they just don't have time to yeah. give their patients the quality of, you know, the experience that they should be able to give them. Mm-hmm. And what happens is, is that, you know, these women come into labor and birth and they don't feel like their doctors understand them because it's just such a rat race in every single part of it. And the doctor's just hardly there. And so they just feel that the, the doula will be there for them. The doula will help them get through that maze or whatever it is, you know. Which to some degree is true. But on the other hand, it's very hard in labor to be fighting your medical team. 100%. You want to be working with yes, them. Yes, unfortunately, it's just a very, very common thing because it's yeah. hard to find the providers that are just able to give it their all, if you want to say. They're understaffed in many hospitals. Yeah. It's very, very common. The doctors are overworked. They're overwhelmed. They're not able to give you the proper attention. They're not able to give you the care that you really should be entitled to. Mm-hmm. And so unfortunately, it becomes you against them because they're not going to be able to provide you with what you need technically. Have you had any clients who switched their providers at the very end of pregnancy? Lots. Lots. People should know that that is an yes, option. Yes, it's definitely an option. I actually had a client in labor in labor, walk out of the hospital and go to another hospital. Wow. Yes. Um, she was obviously a very strong person and she knew what she wanted and what she needed. And it actually was a, an amazing experience um, for both of us because I had nothing to do with it. It was all her choice and all mm-hmm. her energy. Her husband was supportive of her, but she just signed out M- AMA mm-hmm. against medical advice and she went to another hospital that was going to support her wishes. And it was many years ago, but it was a very, very big lesson for me. And I was very happy for her. That's, that's what you want to see. Yeah. People being strong and exactly. empowered. Um, what about as far as picking a doula you know, a doula you don't know, a Jewish doula, a not Jewish doula? What are your thoughts on that? So I feel like you have to do what's comfortable for you. That's the main thing. Because again, like I said, you have to feel comfortable with that person during labor. That being said, mm-hmm. I have gone with sister-in-laws, cousins, neighbors, friends. I have gone with so many close people in my life. Um, and I respect whatever it is. There are people of that, you know, position. I have other sister-in-laws that would never take me because it's just so, so uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, but at the same time, I feel like taking somebody that, you know, like a Jewish doula, for example, she understands the halachos and, things that are going to be happening as opposed to a non-Jewish doula that won't understand certain things that we do 
or don't do during labor and can't really give that proper support because they don't really understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, also, a Jewish doula will be able to just help you in in that regard, just to be able to support you that way and remind you about different things if that's what you want, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that is a very, very, it's a very big deal. It's important, you know? It's a unique position to be able to offer someone right support as a from Jewish woman. Yes, definitely. Not just a skilled doula. Yes, 100%. Even just, you know, once the baby's born, making the right brachos for the husband, for, you know, they they're, it's, a, it's such an overwhelming time. They don't really always... Remember, like, oh, we should say Hatovamitiv or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, and and just that having that, you know, position is it's it's beautiful. It's really neat. Is there something that women can do to help their doula help them? Yes, definitely, definitely. I feel like being open with your doula um, and letting her know what things might upset you, and not waiting till the birth and saying like, oh, I don't like that, or, you know, because it could have been avoided had we communicated, you know, having good communication, open communication, really knowing yourself and what you need, and it might be possible, but it might not be possible, because a first-timer might not know what she needs, or she doesn't even know what might trigger her during labor and delivery, Mm -hmm. but definitely if you have any previous traumas that you feel like will interfere with the birth, or... Um, unfortunately, today's day and age, there's a lot of people that have been, you know, not properly touched during their life. And mm-hmm. this can bring up very, very, you know, big feelings during labor and delivery. And having the doula know that so she could prepare the nurses. I mean, I've done this many, many times where, you know, there's nurse changes. And so even if we came in and the mom told the nurse herself, but then the nurse went on break the nurse comes in and the mom's in heavy labor. The mom doesn't have time to tell the nurse. And then the nurse tries touching her for whatever reason, even just to reposition the monitor, and the mother starts to freak out. Mm-hmm. And the nurse doesn't know that this is a very sensitive place to be or whatever it is. And, you know, I have to just make sure the second the door opens and a new nurse comes in that this nurse knows this woman needs this pro- this type of support or this type of care. And... um so it's important that the doulas know this and that you're open with them um, just so that they can help you the right way. That's really good good information to have. Is there anything else that you want to share, add, include? Hmm. Good question. <laughs> um, definitely that, you know, you, you have to really educate yourself to know you have options. I feel like so many women come out of birth that didn't have doulas or whatever it is, you know, sometimes it's not an option for whatever reason. They, they don't know that there's doulas that work on sliding scales. You, you don't have to always pay them the full price. Mm -hmm. Um, here in Israel, it's amazing that the insurance companies will cover a nice chunk of it. Um, but also that there's options and that you don't always have to feel like you were pushed against the wall or that it just had to be this way. You know, many times, you know, we don't feel like there's something we could do to change things, but really there isn't. So my biggest thing to have anyone that is going through pregnancy is that educate yourself and educate yourself and educate yourself and Mm -hmm. don't be scared to educate yourself because I feel like it's the lack of education that causes the fear and the anxiety and being empowered with the knowledge is the opposite, you know, Mm -hmm. less fear and less room for unexpected circumstances. And I would add to that, I know you said you plan to have your first baby in a birth center. 
I remember I planned to have my first baby without an epidural, without any intervention. So I would say that I went in fairly educated. Mm-hmm. Would you, you also? Yes. Try, so you can try, I thought I was, though. Right. You try to educate yourself. And women should know that even if they have the experience of finding out that they didn't have all the knowledge they need, it's just another opportunity, God willing. Definitely. Definitely. And you grow from every experience. And, um, you know, you don't have to turn it into this negative and upsetting experience you could just learn from it and try to fix whatever didn't work out let it the power way. you forward exactly correct thank you so much i really appreciate it thank that was you. really insightful i hope hope everyone enjoys it me too thanks for joining me on today's panema wellness podcast for more information on this and other women's health topics or to schedule a consultation please visit from women's health.com Questions and feedback are also always welcome.